Hello and welcome back to another Evolving Hockey Podcast. My name is Sean and I'm joined by the Evolving Wild Twins, Josh and Luke. How was your your week? What's going on? You know, we've been, uh, we've, I I think I tweeted this, uh, but we've somewhat like, I think I've mentioned this before, but we've somehow fallen into like a second job as pet sitters for a lot of family and friends. And so this weekend we were responsible more or less for like three different animals. Um, There was a our parents' dog, and then two cats that are um, are friends of ours. And I think we mentioned, because we had one of the cats a week ago, uh, and she was the most mischievous animal I've yeah, ever... Uh, the queen of mischief. Yeah, the absolute queen of mischief. Uh, we mentioned she, um, in our... I don't know if we said it specifically, but well, I'll we say... Don't, we don't need to go into specifics, okay, right. but there was some mischief that was had by the cat. Yeah. Anyway, so that's been kind of our week uh and then, you know, just Daylight uh, Savings Time. Yeah, Daylight Savings Time. Yep. Chuck Fletcher got fired. Uh Jacob Chickering, I just saw the quote <laughs> of me eating raw liver. Have you ever raw had beef heart? You ever had raw like beef, Shane? Or Shane. I call I just called you Start Shane. Call me Shane. <laughs> 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 we have a friend whose name is Shane uh who always got called Sean. And so in my head, I think I, it's, it's, uh, I get them mixed up. But anyway, have you ever eaten raw beef, Sean? No, specifically raw beef heart. Eating raw liver and raw beef heart. I have never. I have not, I have not had raw beef. Like it's a, it's a part of, like there are many Lebanese people that do have raw beef, but um, I've never tried Kimino uh, Bay. I don't yeah, think I've ever I'm, had. I mean, the, the only, only raw meat I've ever had is fish, like with sushi. And that's a yeah, and no, that's I I don't I think oysters are technically raw, but I've never eat I've never had oysters before. Anyway, that was a funny quote. <laughs> Mention them then. Why? Because I was trying. That was the first thing that came to my head. Is like, what do people eat that's oysters? raw? Oysters. Yeah, right. They do they cook oysters? I don't think so, but like, it's just a weird thing to bring. Like, what else? Like, how often eaten. do people eat raw meat? Yeah, beef? but you follow that up, but beside behind. Um, you eating raw meat, which was fished. Also, sushi in <laughs> Seattle. I'm not sure if you had sushi in Seattle, but actually, it's gas. Well, no, we, yeah, so we as had, expected. We yeah, had, they're on the ocean. We had multiple people recommend us sushi restaurants um, in when we were in Seattle, and like every conference, they're just. I don't feel like I ever have time to go and do like anything that isn't specifically like. Fly in, get also, to the hotel, conference, the lifts, leave. We would have had to lift, I think, 20, 25 minutes south from where we were. Well, like the, that was okay. That yeah. was the first recommendation. We had actually been recommended from a friend, two friends, that there was a specific, and I cannot remember the name of the sushi no. restaurant, but I really wanted to because when we were in, honestly, the best fish I've ever had is when we've been in Norway because um, it's like similar situation. They're right on the ocean. And all of the fish is like literally just caught. Oh, and we don't know. That was what it was. We were sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, uh, Luke. But mm-hmm. when we were in Seattle on Sunday, we were going. We were going to try to go to a sushi restaurant because our flight didn't leave until the like the the evening. But it was pouring all day yeah, on that's Sunday, right. and we didn't. And our ha- shoes had holes in them, <laughs> which we realized when it was. Anyway, I think we've actually, covered though, this. But- I, I think in, in it might be surprising to some people, and I think the Twin Cities actually have pretty good seafood, like fish here, because there's a lot of um, old... I, I remember reading this. I could be... If somebody is knowledgeable about this, uh, listening, well, then I'm... I'm and is like, that's just completely wrong. Well, then that, that'll be the case. But I've heard that because... Um, Minneapolis, uh, Twin City, what is it, MSP? What's the, the techni- airport? The Min- airport here. MSP, yeah. It, it used to be a hub. It's been a hub. It is a hub. It is a hub, also. but I think for nor- Northwest, 
It was uh, um, like years ago. So there's all these shipping routes that come through the airport in the Twin Cities. And so they actually, because a lot of them are cross country and stop in Minneapolis or whatever, or in the Twin Cities, um, that actually the fish here is, is pretty solid. And I, I agree. So the, the sushi here is pretty good, but it's not, I don't know. The Twin Cities it's are- It's nothing like, compared to eating fish no. on, on the like the coast. I would like, assume Seattle's sushi is, is yes. top notch. But hold on. How? What did this Chikrin quote arise from? Does anyone know the backstory? Oh, uh, yeah. I have no clue. I looked it up. What was it? Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was just a raw, it was a random quote that was from, uh, I believe, Bleacher Report. Is that BR Open Ice? Um, yeah. B slash R. I think so. And it was yeah, just. Bleacher Report Open Ice. So for anyone who didn't see, um, it was via Craig Morgan. So Craig Morgan got the quote, and it was just Chikrin said, I'm also eating raw liver, raw beef heart, doing all this crazy stuff. The taste is awful, but your body almost craves it when you eat it consistently because it's just so nutrient-dense. This is what the quote was. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's like paleo, what, paleo diet? What's the diet where you eat like only meat? Is that uh, the, no, this all stems from like that Liver King guy. It's like a... It's just like a scam on the internet type of thing. Like the guy that got really <laughs> popular on TikTok who he takes like a whole bunch of steroids but then like it's raw meat and like he has like testicles and stuff all the time it's disgusting yeah but he I'm, like plays it off a lot of and it's time. probably just for a camera too like he probably eats actual food off camera but was, was this chicken's like i've gotten injured so much that i'm just gonna lose my mind well i mean he has been injured a lot uh but the only, I think the only liver I've ever eaten was in like a, a what was it? It was like a liver p- pate. It was like some well, spread. I, I eat cooked liver all the time. Yeah. Like you could have like liver pate. I just call it chopped liver. Mm. You could have either calf's liver or chicken liver. And that's really good. That's like one of my favorite things. But like, okay. It's different than raw. Well, I know. I know. It's the, yes. It's, 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 um, well, and, and really, we're not really, Luke and I are not. Based on a reputation and brand, we're not really ones to give any uh, response to food opinions or food yeah. diets at all. Also, know? I don't you guys really don't like food, right? I just, <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm not. Okay, I'm not. We're not going to go into this, but it's, it's not that I don't like food. It's that I, I dislike that uh, I, I'm forced to eat because I, my body requires it. <laughs> but if that is, it's, it's a it subtle, doesn't matter. It's a subtle, small. Difference yes. that's sometimes hard to convey. You want to be an independent. Some, one. <laughs> sometimes what I say, what I what happens is it'll get to like a certain time, and I'm like, oh god damn it, I didn't eat. So then I'm like, I forget to eat a lot. Like I, I'm like, oh shit, I didn't eat anything, which We're, I think yeah. is a. I have not. I don't have a voracious appetite uh, most of the time, so I don't eat a lot. But we also, Josh and I, don't eat a ton of red meat. Like I don't think I eat like hardly any red meat anymore. No, like I don't. Yeah, it's been. But, but what's anyway, te- what's okay. technically considered this red meat? This has been going pork, on way too long. Is pork red meat? No, it's not. No. Yeah. Pork, pork I think is. So, no. no, it's white. I don't know. Is That's that the white? Thing. I don't know. Let's look it up. I don't see. Eat it. We're gonna have the people who like complain about how we don't talk about hockey enough. I'm trying to move this along, <laughs> but now I'm curious. Well, we are. We're talking about Chickering's diet. Yeah. I'm th- I'm thinking about going to the Minnesota State Fair this year. Hell like, yeah! Are you serious? Very random thought that came to me, and I'm like, I could see some tractors and eat some ice cream and drink some root beer and whatever else I have there. Oh yeah, it's. So I like, mean, yeah. I yes, you should definitely come. Uh, it really. I mean, it depends. So like, I think the Minnesota State Fair. We've talked about this before because I think we go every year. Um, it is like a big deal in Minnesota. Oh, so, it's huge. Like you hear about it from Minnesotans because everyone from the state goes because it's a 
I want to say it's two weeks long. It's two weeks, yeah. And ends Labor Day. Ends Labor Day, and it's it is honestly like, I, I think they get. I don't even know the attendance of it, but um, it is. Yeah, the food is incredible, but it's a fair. So like, if you don't really like large crowds, like that's the one thing is like it is really packed on certain days. So if like, and the streets get really crowded, and some of the buildings that you go into. But so like that's the only thing I would say is if you're if you if you're is it agoraphobic, uh, if you're like have trouble in close or claustrophobic or if you get if you get scared of large crowds or kind of being cramped in certain places, I would not recommend going on a busy like on a weekend. Yeah, but if you go weekdays. in the afternoon on like a weekday, yeah, the fair is great. Yeah, it's, I hadn't thought about the of, fair like since last summer, and now you're like, and now I'm looking forward to the fair again. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's a great last Do you have year. Fairs out up there in the you know where you're at. <laughs> What's that? Do you have fairs? You have like state fairs? Yeah, we have fairs? a fair. We actually have a fair right by me in in West Springfield, um, called the Big E Big Expedition, okay, Exposition or whatever you call it. I don't know, um, but I don't know. That has nothing on the Minnesota State Fair. Yeah, so no. I will say last in two weeks in total there were nearly two million people who attended. So uh, on its busiest day, Saturday, September third, almost two hundred fifty thousand visited the fair. So it is a very big deal. Also, like the Minnesota State High School hockey tournament, yes. which just took place. Um, I don't know, Sean. Which, do you watch any games? No, I don't <laughs> even know if, they, if they'd be available to be on. I don't. Everywhere. I don't think it's 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 broadcast like locally on the local channels. Is that on Bali? Yeah, no, no. it's on Bali. I thought yeah. it was on Bali or whatever. Oh, maybe I think they split. I want to say the final, like the last couple days. And I have to admit, we didn't watch a lot of it this year. I watched a little bit, but. Um, I think Warroad won, right? In uh, I should look. I should know this. I'm a terrible Minnesotan for yeah. not knowing this off the we top didn't, of my head. Like I, as we've said, we didn't grow up playing hockey, and our the high school we went to had an absolutely terrible hockey team. Like we were in the area that, but their hockey team was absolutely terrible. Um, if anybody knows Hopkins High School, uh, they are known for their basketball. Uh, one of the top basketball programs in the country. Uh, producing the likes of Chris Humphreys and Blake Hoff Arbor and others, but yeah. So and the the girls and boys uh, Hopkins programs were um, fantastic. I think we went to we were in the pep band. We were band nerds. If anyone yeah. wanted to get a picture, further picture of us, <laughs> uh, we were the music kids in high school, and we had to play in the in the pep band, which was Sean. You weren't in band, right? No. I played the recorder in fourth grade. <laughs> who who, okay. did, who no. hasn't played the recorder in fourth anyway, grade? Anyway, well, they made you play the recorder. I know, yeah. I think it was third grade for us, I want to say. Maybe it was fourth grade. I don't remember. Right. Yeah, well, you guys... Um, here, keep talking. I need to go... <laughs> I need to go check on this dog. He was barking, so I want to Oh, make, was he really? I heard him bark, so... I'm, okay. we're not, we don't have to stop. Just transition into hockey somehow. All Let's right. just bring it back. Josh, right. did, you, did you see Linus this weekend? Uh, what do you mean? What are you referring to? So if we're to? talking about my evening, uh, my weekend plans, because uh, you didn't ask me how my weekend was. How was your weekend, Sean? It was it was great actually, <laughs> but um, except so Saturday, the Bruins lost to Detroit, right? Yeah, but they won on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so Saturday went down to Boston, and the vibes were really weird. So I knew like it was gonna be a slow start because I like walk in, there's like nobody there, like there's nobody crowding around the elevator on the bottom. I get up to to the ninth floor there's nobody and the Bruins are down 2-0 after the first period and it's like they, they like they played awful in the first and Linus switched his mask out speaking of dogs too oh I heard about he this has his, yeah he has a second mask that's dedicated to his late dog and uh 
he was wicked solid from there on. It was a it's a corgi, and they, right? And they came back and won three two. It's the power uh, power of the dog. I believe so. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, the power a, of the dog. It's a movie reference. <laughs> Did you also see the siblings um, content when that was like when they had the siblings trip? Like his brother, um, I don't really remember his name. It started with a P, I thought. Um, but I, and I think there are fake stories, but for whatever reason, I'm thinking like the the old marks this might be real is that he had like his big pet rat that's still at his mother's house wait really it's very hairy yes but i think like they all like made up stories and like but his brother was very like luke vibe here and like was just going on and on with the story and i couldn't tell like to me it was like there's no way he can make up this story you know like some of them were like very clearly lying like um jordan debrus said that jake's never beaten him at checkers <laughs> uh or he's she's never beaten jake debrusque at checkers which i would assume is probably the opposite way around or um like oh, brad marchand's think... brother said that uh that he likes poetry right i think everybody saw that one i don't yeah. um, i think i maybe missed that but hold on they said they had a pet how old would this pet rat have been it's gotta be it's gotta be like fifteen now. No, rats no. only live like three years long. So that was clearly a lot. Really? I've yeah, heard, no, no, I've heard, no. Pet, I've heard pet rats are are amazing pets. Yeah. I actually have heard that they're incredible pets. And like people who like talk about pet rats say that the worst part of it is that they don't have a long lifespan and so they, they don't live very long. So they develop well, like a really close relationship with this pet rat and then they don't live very long, so they you know, they don't they don't stick around very long. So it's really sad, I've heard. I this is I, I doubt again. I doubt it, I doubt there's a language barrier with with Swedes, but do you think it could be like another rodent? Like, do all rodents have short I, lifespans? I mean, I know opossums. Well, no, those are marsupials. I should I'm wrong there. Uh, I, I but, think yeah, well, rats they could be calling it a rat. Like people they could, call they, would, yeah. um, they wouldn't have no opossums only live like two years long, which is why they have so many babies. If you and it, I think that was a, looking just a quick Google search, I think most rats that you would have as pets are their lifespans two to four years. But yeah. if it's a squirrel, squirrels can live squirrels. up to like twenty years. Yeah, if it was a pet squirrel, squirrels can live really long. Yeah, wow, Which we're is, having this is just a great hockey podcast. I know. Here. What was I just going to mention? I apologize. Oh, I was looking. Speaking of uh, Linus of Olmark, um, do you want to guess of his forty games played this year, how many has he had a negative goal save above expected? Four. Uh, you're you're close, but it's three. Not, it's not quite that. No, oh, it's seven. Seven, yeah. Hey. Seven. And Which, who, who was it? Because they lost to Detroit, I saw. Well, surprising. Actually, hold on. No, it, it's six. I highlighted the wrong one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, it was seven. I clicked on one. Um, his worst game was actually against Minnesota on October 22nd. Uh, he put up a negative 1.33 gold save above expected. And every other one of his saves, he has not had a less than he's not allowed less than one less than one yes yeah and so he uh yeah i mean is he is he easily like the vesna front runner in like the narrative sense like is that what most i feel like that's where i've kind of seen i think he is in every sense now well i would i think we just did our whoa, whoa we can get in this second half sean saw our award we had our awards thread again we i think sorokin has been better than olmark this year but that's just, I think, based on our metrics. So I don't know. It's and I, I could go and look really quick. I think, yeah, we still have, um, we have Sorokin as a, a pretty clear front runner, and then it's like Olmark and um, and Saros are like two three, 
Uh, and then with Hellebuck, and then Philip Gustafson is our fifth uh, top. In Philip terms Gustafson's of, had a very good year. <laughs> he's been insane. Very, very good year. Although against Arizona, he he had a, a rare off night. He was not uh, particularly great in that just weird game that the Wild played last night. Um, but yeah, I mean the Bruins in general are because they. What what was the record? I feel like every week there's a new record the Bruins are setting this year. Didn't well, they, they? They were the fastest team to 50 wins. That's what that it was, was. Yeah, this weekend's record on Saturday. And they also clinched. They're already clinched a playoff spot. They right? clinched the playoffs already. Yeah. Yeah. Which the is playoff tickets went on sale, <laughs> and this is nuts to me. Resale for like balcony seats was over a thousand dollars yesterday. Oh my god. Now I would assume that comes down, but the. At least, like the pre-sale tickets were on sale for like four hundred and forty bucks in the balcony face value. Yeah. So I would assume people are probably looking to like double their money there or something. So like eight hundred for the first round in balcony. Yeah. Hold on, really? Yeah, that's yeah. Just, I mean, and I I don't want to say it, but I can't help but feel like the most hockey thing would be the Bruins just losing in the first round this year after this. Well, season. that's what the Lightning did in, in <laughs> yeah, 18, yeah. 19, right? Yeah. Like the light that Lightning team, somehow people forget about it. That was easily the best Lightning team. And I really hate that like the narrative ended up becoming that they got tougher and that their toughness yep. them Yeah, in, I like, know. Like no, they got worse as <laughs> expected given how good they were. And they just still happen to be the best team in the league for two years. Like that's what happened. It wasn't that they went out and got Barkley Goudreau. Was, you know, like that's not what it was. Yeah. Um, so that was funny, but yeah, well, I mean, it would I, be nothing. I will say that this year's Boston team in, I don't know how many games do they have left to play like 15 or 17 or something like that. Um, so they just played game 65. So yeah. they have, 17. 17 left. They are currently only two total goals above replacement behind the Lightning with 17 games left to play this season. In from our league leaders like the Team Gar, which we don't really talk about, not a lot of people look at very often, but looking at on evolving-hockey.com, you can go to the league leaders and you can just sort by all-time seasons. And as Sean mentioned, the Lightning from 1819 are the best team from a total Gar standpoint, which combines both skaters and goalies. Um, I think that's it. I don't really think there's no. much else to it. <laughs> well, what else is there in hockey? No, I know, but I'm saying there's not like to get to the lead, like team sum is not. It's just all the players that played yeah. for a team add that all up. In yeah, a, all in the skater guard for all any team any time that a player was playing for that team, and then all the goalie guard. The so it basically has everything except for the strengths that are not included in those models, which are empty net strengths, and then the weird like, um. Like I don't think six on threes. There were a lot of teams from twenty one well, yeah, twenty two that that just kind of posted nuts gar numbers. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. well, what was the gar to spar guard like standings point conversion though? Yeah, like, so that that because wasn't it wouldn't it be drastic at this point because goals have skyrocketed so much? Yeah, yeah. So the 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 funny thing, and we won't really well, we still need to have our like gar explainer. Like episode, oh, yeah, we never we did never the glossary. Did that. That's an off season topic potentially, but yeah, we're currently at the highest goals to standing points conversion or goals to wins conversion. Um, but the way that that I do that was taken from um, it was kind of developed from a um the way that they did it in a soccer article. I think I linked it in our in our gar write up. Um, where the conversion is not the same as how baseball does it. We um because there's not a direct like you can do it. Goals to wins can be like a direct comparison to how baseball is, but it's kind of weird because overtime losses, you know, they don't get 
accounted for with standing points because but anyway so standing points conversion is just a linear regression using the past three years um and then i believe that it's i would need to go double check this but i'm pretty sure it's weighted for recency um depending upon how much of the season is left so by now most the most i think it was a 631 weight so like if you think about it this this current season has a six weight the last season has a three and the season before that has a one and then you um, throw that into a linear regression to com- where standing points is the target variable and the past three seasons um, goal differential is the uh, are, are the predictors, if that makes sense. So I'm pretty sure I don't <laughs> I did this a while ago, so I would need to go double check to verify that that's the way it is. But um, so it what I'm what I'm saying is that that kind of lags a little bit. So just to get them because if we didn't do it it would be super well actually that's kind of the only it's one of the easiest ways to do it to get a conversion from goals to standing points and so that's one of the reasons that um but it is currently the highest that we have seen in the since 0708 um we're at 3.09 goals per standing point and 5.89 uh goals per win which is last year it was 2.997 um so i guess to put that in context though what that kind of means is that as this number the goals to what what exactly i guess what you goals the goals to win uh or whatever you would call it right i can't why can't why am i blanking on what What, goals to standing points yeah like as that number goes up the amount of um value that goals are worth i guess it just they go down right yeah just slightly yeah so i'm just like explaining this to yeah so that for instance like like if you look at our xgar page and you sort by XGAR, I think the the total the highest season is is going to be like probably I can't I should pull it up but like for instance if you sort by XSPAR, Claude Giroux's seventeen eighteen season is the highest because the goals to standing points conversion was a lot lower in that season and you can go look at historical goals scored um, for that season goals for and against it doesn't really matter but um, so it's tech so. Yes, his XGAR or GAR is lower than, say, a McDavid season like this year, which I'm sure. But I'm sure McDavid's going to break it this year if I had to guess. Matthews, was, Matthews has the highest XGAR. Yes. Okay, that's today, right. And, and Drew has the highest XBAR. Yes. So that's it's because of the goals to standing points. Conversion. And ultimately what that does is it adjusts for like what Sean was talking about is with the goal goal. The goal scoring environment, like crazy high this year, it adjusts for the league environment in a given season so that you can compare across. Technically, in, it's from the idea in baseball where you're you're comparing like eras. So like this era versus like the 70s, they're very drastically different eras. They're they're different. There were different environments. I'm sure, and so, I'm you sure know. it would be funny to go back and somehow look at what the goals to stand, per standing points uh, in like 1978 yeah. or the 80s, you know, during Gretzky's time would be when the, you know, the goalies were wearing just normal skater pads. But anyway, ultimately, the the what SPAR is really is it's kind of the same as GAR, except it, it theoretically allows you to compare seasons better. Um, And also it is a little bit more of a, I think you can, it's a little easier to think about, okay, this player added you know, X number of standing points to their team. You know, I think right now, who where's McDavid at this this year in X bar? Like, what would it be? Here, I'll look it up. Yeah, I don't quite remember where he is exactly. I mean, now. he's like lapping everyone. Yes. it's just nuts. Yeah, it is insane. Um, but like, you can then visualize. You can. He's think, at forty three and a half X bar or fourteen standing points above. Her yeah. Play. So in theoretically, if you you know, with this as the backbone of what baseball 
war is is like is that McDavid himself, based on the value that we that we um I guess that the model includes. So all of the stuff, there's a few things that aren't included that you could maybe add in, like uh, empty net stuff we don't have, right, right, and stuff like that. But just McDavid, based on our X car model, has added 14 points to Edmonton's record. And Edmonton is currently sitting at 80 points. Yeah. So <laughs> you can kind of, it's an estimate. Like, it's not exactly like, oh, you can add up all these players. And, well, well, actually, it's added 14 points above replacement. Yeah, sorry, a replacement yeah. level player. Uh, maybe so, we, maybe it is time for us to, to dust <laughs> off our, our GAR explainer and, and do know. a full glossary series. Because yeah. I'm a little, <laughs> I've been a focused on so much other stuff that I'm like, wait, hold on. What is, how does this work again? <laughs> Which, um, but, yes. Uh so yes, McDavid's having an absolutely insane season. Um, but back to the original point Sean was saying about the Boston this season compared to like Tampa in 2019, oh, yeah. right? Is that they are also, let's see, let's see if I can do this on the fly, that they are, because of the, even, I guess, despite the goal scoring environment, they've still been like, I mean, they're, they're right now, unless they completely tank or if they rest, you know, I could see Boston being a team that really does down the line kind of rest players and like because they just they already are, are dude yeah i know but i'm saying like even more right like they might just like give players time off which might hamper their ability to kind of you know actually but i i st- they're still going you know they're still going to be good it's not like they're gonna be <laughs> just completely turn into a tank team right now you know so. it would be kind of funny though i still think that's what the avalanche did last year because they kept just playing like I remember looking at, like, when I was doing the daily games for last year at the end of the season, like, the Colorado lineups were hilarious. They were running out. It was, like, Curtis McDermott. They were, like, <laughs> switching up, you know, positions, and they kept kept rolling Jack Johnson out there. And uh, I think he played the whole playoffs, didn't he? Jack, um, I didn't, like, re- I don't remember that. What, so It feels so long ago. What's interesting about Boston this year compared to, to Tampa in eighteen nineteen is that Boston is, um, I want to say there are, like they're right now they're in a top 20 in terms of their overall uh goal like value added from goaltending um and Tampa was not i mean like Tampa you know Vasilevsky was good in 1819 and their Tampa, Tampa goaltending was good in 1819 but it had it was Boston has been like double value in terms of the overall uh performance they've gotten from Olmark and Swayman are those have they had another goal it's just the two of them this year right King uh Keith Kincaid played oh. a game. <laughs> okay. I had a hunch. I had a, a vague memory of them not just being that duo. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. The, the uh, highest all-time goalie guard for a team was Anaheim in 17-18, which I believe was almost all Gibson. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of the, who else. Did, would, he win the, did he win the Vesna that year? Uh, I don't know, actually. Let's look uh, that up. My brain is all. So. Let's see. Vesna. I don't think he ever won a Vesna. Man, oh, it was it was Rene. Uh, Pekka Rene won it in 2018. Um, there was like a huge debate if you remember back in the day. I do, yeah. Over John Gibson, and I think eventually, like the goalie people were probably right in the sense that like his form and whatever was probably bad, but he was really successful in that time period, and I don't think they bothered to accept that. Yeah, so yeah. It was like a little bit of both. It was like there was a very nuanced conversation that probably just never was to be had. Which is interesting. Yeah, and yeah. I should. And I actually. Was, I mean, yeah, that was that was back in the beginning of that was probably right around the start of like. I'm trying to think what metrics would have been like available. Was that was oh, like well, was did we have Goligar from Dawson? Was was a DTM about Hart? I'm trying to remember when that war model came out because then there was also Dom's hero charts, but that didn't have any Dom Galamini's hero charts. But that was it was, was out. I mean. 
Dom, uh, um, I was about to say Dom, um, Dawson's gar was out at that point, but it's not like he had like a public database of it. Um, yeah. more on ice had just shut down. I don't remember like how we, what we used at that point, to be honest with you. There really was kind of, remember. I remember it was like Nick Mercandante had like a, a couple goalie stats, um, that he used to post. And it was like, I think back then it was like, it was kind of like, uh, what is it? Delta, like Delta, uh, or, um, like just Fenwick save. A lot of people would use like just Fenwick save percentage or Delta or Fenwick save Delta percentage, Fenwick save percentage which or, is just expected Fenwick save percentage minus Fenwick save percentage. Is yeah. It, or is it the other way around? That was I kind of the remember. wild west. Like, I mean, it's still a little bit with goaltending sometimes, but I think was it Manny who first had like goalie, a goalie war? Well, probably out along. Yeah. You know what? We're Corsica was the big side at the time. For that. Yeah, yeah. 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 But also yeah. war on ice had goalie gar. They so, did. Yeah. War on ice is still like kind of, before my time a little bit like I wasn't as advanced into this stuff to like really understand I think that I had to like really read fan graphs and understand baseball war before I kind of like got a grasp on how the whole concept worked they are very different I think in yes. ways the, the the framework and like the idea of above replacement those things are, are just straight up the exact same thing but the way in which you well are, kind of kind of I guess yeah but it's they're they're I think that we're yeah I think we're really uh uh craving a goalie uh, <laughs> or a, a gar glossary series I know we uh, are episode reminiscing we about done. the history of goals above replacement in hockey yeah I mean it's it's fine. I mean, Boston has just been insane. But I yeah. was looking at the uh, – so, yeah, like Sean said, though, Boston actually is sixth in total spar, team spar. So they're second in gar, but sixth in teams in spar because of the – like what we talked about, the goals-to-win conversion um, and the, the scoring environment this season um, dr- drops Boston a little bit when you convert it to spar. Um, I mean, it's still impressive, and they I think they have a very good shot at overtaking um, Tampa from 1819. Yeah, still- I mean, if you look at the team wrap-em charts too – or team wrap-em, like – their goals, their even strength goal differential from like our Rappa models of teams is like, I think I just had it up here. I was just looking at it. Where is it? Yeah, they're at like, hold on, let me see. I just did the last four seasons, but I'll pull up everything. It's kind of a little wonky when you're still doing in season, but yeah, the highest <laughs> Boston's goals uh, goal differential per sixty is one point four six from an even strength team Rappa perspective. The next highest is Pittsburgh from 12-13, which was a shortened season, uh, at .98. So <laughs> that that's like really that's relative to the le- rest of the league is how it kind of works. So it gets a little bit wonky because Boston has just been so much better than the next best team, like in terms of a goal differential. Because like what even is their their raw goal differential? I haven't checked it in a bit. Like uh, 800. Plus 100. <laughs> yeah, their Why goal differential is 103 point? right now. And the next is the Devils at fifty eight. I mean, that's what was on our <laughs> site. So like, it's just it, it like that's that is you're getting into like model breaking like type territory. Yeah. It doesn't break the you know it's when we say that it's kind of a um it's a joke because it's joke. not actually breaking the you know the model, but it, it it just gets to something where it's like yeah. So they're at one hundred three like differential goal differential, and the next highest is. New Jersey at 58. It's kind of funny, though, because Boston, two other Boston teams are above them in the overall uh, spar leaders, like Team Spar. Um, the, what, the 11 12? No, Sean probably can guess at least one of them. So I would think. 13 14. Yes, that's the second. Yeah, that's the the second highest all, all time behind uh, Tampa. Um, If I had to guess the next best season, like I'm breaking down a little bit, but I might say. Uh, 
struggling here because I don't think it would be 11 when they won. No, it's I'm not. I'm thinking it's 18-19. No, it's not. They, uh, no, so it's it's 08-09 was the, the Really? Other, yeah, yeah, the one. Sean was hardly even out of second grade. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> no, so 08-09 was um, fifth grade. Okay, yeah. Oh, I was actually kind of close. That's pretty silly. Oh, and we are. I was just lo- looking. We are kind of over a little over time here uh, for our break. Yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we're getting we're, close. We're ready for. We're ready yeah. for. I was gonna break, last thing while we're doing some some team trivia here is what which uh, there's a team in the top ten uh, of spar team leaders like all time spar from a team. We, only one of them had a negative even strength uh, d- defense uh, uh, value. And and I'm curious if you can guess either the team and extra points if you can guess the season that had a neg that their overall team defensive performance from their skaters was negative in in the season, but they still are a top ten team in team spar. What goalie would it be? Um, what? No, this is the skater defense. No, I know that. I'm saying that if they made the top ten, then it had to be the goalie who was making up for the defensive performance of their skaters. I'm gonna uh, guess the, the Blackhawks. No, it's not. Is it the, the Kings? Not the Kings. You're, oh, you're kind of Rangers. On the, no, you're kind of on the wrong track with what would have been driving their value. Oilers? I'm thinking Washington Capitals 2010. Yeah, you're spot on. <laughs> <laughs> he had a, he pulled it up. He cheated. Did, did you pull it up? I did not. Okay. I did How'd not. you know that? What is it's, it about? <laughs> because their team was insane, but it's the Washington Capitals. They oh. suck at defense. It was yeah. like, yeah, peak, like... Ovi and Car- was Carlson peak too and well, Mike Green. And Mike Green, oh, yeah. Was that the Mike Green season? Oh, yeah. What a legend back. So yeah, the Capitals are the eighth all-time in total spar for the team in in 2000, the 2009-2010 season. They had a combined roughly uh, 150 gar from their offense at even strength and power play, and they had a negative seven value from their EVD. Who's defense. the highest even de- even strength defense? Got to be the, the Wild, right? No, it's actually is Boston last season. Oh, that's kind of funny. The Wild that's Bergeron leading the charge. Uh yeah, but the, the Wild 13 14 17 18 and 16 17 are the next 3. And then it's going to be the Devils, right? No, so the Devils are um No, okay. No, the Devils have oh, a couple seasons. Yeah. It's, it, a lot of it is Minnesota, which might be some of the rink stuff from the early earlier years, but um Possibly. No, it's Miko Koivu. It's Miko Koivu. It's all Koivu. I mean, the Wild have always been that kind of defensive club or whatever, but... Well, oh, Brodeen, Suter, Koivu, yeah. you know. I'm, I'm still a little... I'm still uh, impressed by Sean here. This I know. This is one of the, the more impressive things. just... I mean, granted, I was in sixth grade, but, I mean... <laughs> it's etched into his... It's burned I also, into I, his brain. I also gave a hint, because you kind of have two... Like, Luke went the route of the goalie was really good, and... I hinted that it was just. I, that I thought it was for sure going to be the Rangers, like one of those Lundquist years. But no, I don't think the Rangers were that good enough. Yeah, like, no, right? you're right. Yeah. Like Washington that Hank season was, was just in, insane. From a what's the worst? Def- I'm so do we talk? I was thinking. I just keep going down the rabbit hole. Sorry, I the just, worst just, even strength defense. Yeah, can you guess? Uh, Blackhawks this year already. Uh, uh, no, Ducks this Anaheim year. Anaheim this year. Yeah, it's got to be the Ducks. They this are year. the all-time worst. Already, already by a lot, by like ten, <laughs> by ten, they're over ten goals worse than the next worst team, which was Edmonton in in yeah. twenty eleven. The classic, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, there's a couple other teams. The Rangers in oh eight oh nine are like the, the Ducks fifth overall. Are, the Ducks are something else this season. They, 
They have to be like committed to the tank. Chicago's twelfth right? overall this season in terms of overall. Well, they got rid of. Yeah, we didn't talk about Kane. Josh made some people mad with a tweet about Patrick Kane. <laughs> well, he has. I mean, I the rumblings are there. People, he doesn't seem like he's looked very good. The people are not happy in, uh, in New York. Okay, let's take a break. Okay. I don't want to talk about Patrick Kane any. Uh, right yeah, now. we'll we'll dodge that. Yeah. yeah, we'll take a break. We'll hear from our sponsor, and then likely we'll come back and talk about awards. Oh yeah. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, Regularized Adjusted Plus Minus, Skater Contract Projections, Visualizations, Charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. Welcome back. Thank you so much to our lovely sponsor for that message. So I guess you guys over the weekend tweeted out a new awards update. Is this correct? I didn't oh, see yeah. it. If so. didn't, you didn't you didn't see it or you I didn't you, see you... it. So I'm I guess I'm live reacting to this. Hold on, you haven't uh, seen you it. You guys at told all? me that you guys told me that Veneers and Jack Quinn were like essentially tied and I was really frustrated and I went for a walk and I <laughs> have not looked. Yeah, that's essentially what it was. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, you know what 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 it was. I mean, McDavid is basically lapping everyone in the heart race. Um, well, as... I think the, I think the narratives it seem like are that like most of the awards are kind of wrapped up. Like I think everyone is, like McDavid, I would say is the clear front runner, and I don't think anyone is going to. No, I I think catch he, him. He, I wonder if it's just unanimous. Like, has there been a more unanimous? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a uh, what random player is going to get a vote from like a funny like <laughs> yeah. a funny well, vote like like Foxa that one year when he got like a heart vote and like didn't Bo Horvat get a heart vote or was it JT Miller I don't remember but yeah basically it's just McDavid I think the one thing was that um, we had a lot of people questioning our Jared McCann pick at uh, number two uh, for the heart race which it, I I will say is very close I try to do tears with this. But it's kind of hard. So, like, I mean, you know, it's hard to really say, like, oh, it's McDavid. And then there's, like, you know, five to six people who are basically all could be, I would say, are considered fine. You know, whatever. Because it's like you have to put the votes in order if you're doing it, right? You do first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Um, or no, do they do five or do they do three? Okay, they do five. It's five, yeah. but then they have three finalists. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's um but yeah, I mean it's like McCann is is like a little bit above Pasternak Point and Carlson. Um was kind of how it looked at like when I did this. This was on the tenth of March, so uh last Friday. Um yeah, so I mean McDavid obviously having a crazy season. Um, McCann is kind of funny. I, I actually meant to, to, to follow up to this tweet because like a lot of, I mean, we've talked about this before, but, but a significant amount of his value is coming from shooting, right? As everyone knows, uh, or if, yeah, if you've been paying attention to the crack and you would know his shooting percentage is very high. But when I looked, it's actually kind of funny that his shooting percentage is only like one to one and a half percent higher than the next four below him in shooting percentage, which is like, I think it's it was Drysdale, Shifley, Point, and like Pasternak. So it's like if I were to say like, oh, Drysdale number two, right? Well, first of all, that people would get irritated because they would bring up the whole thing. 
well, oh, there's two most valuable players, so then they cancel each other out, right? Because <laughs> they're both, they can't be most, have you ever, do you know what I'm talking about, Sean? How yes, people, I do, yeah. I do. Which is, I don't subscribe to that because it's just best players in the league. It's not about, you subscribe oh. to the Evolving Hockey Podcast and Yes, exactly. <laughs> Smash that like button, um, hit the bell. But yeah, so McCann is really interesting, and I was going to say basically that a lot of, the reason that he's above players like Shifley and Dreisaitl um, is because his he's been really good defensively this year. Um, like he's had really solid defensive numbers, um, as well as like his underlying like play driving. So it's not just his shooting. Like it's not some extreme anomaly outlier for shooting. It's like he's had really solid under underlying numbers too. Um, you know, but yeah, he's shooting well, like you know, kind of crazy. Well, and I think it kind of brings up an interesting uh, point of, or I guess, I don't know, you could even just call it a philosophy of about how you just rank or how you rate player value from a MVP type standpoint, right? Or I guess viewpoint, because this is something I think that years ago, and I think it's, it doesn't really get debated too much anymore, but it was, it was when we were writing and building our, writing our goals above replacement explainer and, um, and building the model um, and thinking about it, it was, how do you account for like, high shooting percentage like that's something that you you know maybe six seven eight years ago was one of the things that I think a lot of the hockey analytics field looked at was like okay we're going to just disregard shooting percentage right or we're going to like kind of we're not going to look at their goals we're just going to look at shot quality or shot generation or just general um you know raw numbers like that or or, or volume and I but I think from a actual uh, evaluation of how uh, how valuable a player is to their team well when you really get down to this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in our first part is that like goals are kind of what that's what win games I mean and that's how you uh, you know if so if you followed the line of like what the most valuable player should be you would want to account for every aspect that leads to their team um you know having a better record and so if like a if a player sure Jared McCann is shooting at, at a very high rate this season but that actually happened like he scored those goals which helped his team win games which I think is kind of a little bit of the philosophy that Luke and I take into account when we're thinking about I think awards in general um, I know some people like just disregard that stuff and look at just general quality um, and don't look at goal scoring but I think both of our models GAR and XGAR take into account goal scoring and so I think that's one of the reasons so you, you kind of get this interesting backlash either way because if you just discount goal scoring which people used to do six seven years ago or you know even more recently well then you have a bunch of people who are like well what are you what are you talking about you know like mcdavid is scoring all these goals or whoever else right but then if you don't you know if you include it then you have people who are like oh well jared mccann is this is just he's on a you know super he's been super lucky that doesn't count people kind of like like act like the goal scoring doesn't is just luck and didn't mean that they actually happened. So I don't know. It's I think it's an interesting debate and we tend to fall more on the well from a heart or MVP standpoint, the players that added the most value to their team were also players who scored a lot of goals. And so that's what like a lot of these players, I mean, Pasternak, Point, Carlson, you know, McCann, McDavid, Dreisaitl, all of these players have scored a ton of goals this season. So that kind of shows up in some of these ratings as well. But obviously, like Luke mentioned, like McCann's defensive numbers have been very good as well, which is one of the reasons why he's so high, I think, in our where we would put him right now. You know, now we'll see what happens. I don't know. I haven't I haven't feel like I haven't watched a lot of Kraken recently, so I don't know if Sean has been watching. Did they play the Oh no, they didn't play did they play the Wild just last night? I, no, they played Arizona Wild and Arizona. Stars, played. right? Stars. What? Oh, stars. you're sorry, you're talking the Kraken played the Stars. Yeah, it was a green yeah. team, I thought. <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> There's not many green teens. There's, There's two. not. Well, Stars yeah. in the Wild. And then the Leaves. <laughs> <laughs> what, with well, the St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, that was, the, that was the dumb joke I'm making. But anyway, I don't know how, oh. I don't know, Sean, if you have an idea, uh, 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 how you value, like, what, what do you make of Jeremy McCann's shooting this season? Should it be part of, should you consider it when you're thinking about most valuable players in the league? Yeah, I mean, it's not sustainable. I think yeah. his defense is, is high, and I just don't know how to prove that out, so I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I, so, I just don't believe that it, his defense is, like, that close good. to Selkie caliber. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying it is. It's just... Well, it's, it is very high. It, it is. is. It is right around that point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if he is... made the Selkie list, but it's, like, with it's a top 20 forward in the league right now, I think, in terms of his defensive... Value. yeah i'm I mean, going off the top of my head i don't have the site up right now yeah i don't i did this a couple i don't have the actual method that i use to calculate this handy but if we just go off of like x you know expected even strength defense um oh they're all defensemen hold on i got to search <laughs> uh <laughs> actually currently we have noah cates higher than patrice bergeron <laughs> from a uh even strength defense uh, which I is, saw some Philly fans who were like, yeah, like, which actually. Which is really funny if you look at his Rapham chart. It's like his offense is all negative, like pretty substantially negative. And then his defense, his XGA and Corsi against are like, you know. Sounds th- like the perfect hockey player. I know. The perfect the perfect <laughs> forward. Um, <laughs> Mackenzie Weger also is just having an insanely weird, like, defensive year. Whereas, and like, I mean, yeah, like Kaprizov is also having a really good defensive year. Where is McCann? McCann is... Hold on. Should I check this? Did he have a terrible defensive? Where is he? His name is really small, so I always miss it. I have to... Jared McCann. <laughs> well, compared to when you're looking at the rest of the... Hold on. I should have... Who is the short? What's the shortest name 25. in the league this year? Is it... Is it one of the... A three-letter name, no, no. Adam, yeah. Adam Fox has to be close. Adam Fox, yeah. Is, um, there, is there a six-letter? Yeah, he's top... He's 61st. McCann? He's run, really? Yeah, McCann. Bell? Yeah, well, no, it's because it's com- com- combined GAR and, and XGAR when I do this. It's like I weight them based on my estimate for their predictiveness in terms of future or whatever, uh, just based on some models. It's not, like, scientific. It's just kind of my smushing together our two models to try to get a more well, well He's 61st rounded. and expected. Yes, XGVD. Okay. Um, but anyway. Right there with Jack Quinn. But yeah. still, I don't know. I think his defensive numbers are probably, like, very high. Yeah, I mean, there's some funny, funny like Panarin is like higher. <laughs> like it's kind of funny. What's well, interesting uh, looking yeah, at so something like, was very weird with numbers in general this year. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been an odd season. I don't know how to explain it. Um, Look at like Alex Kerfoot as well. Not now, like in the tables. I, but I try to avoid it. But like Alex Kerfoot, negative four point two expected even strength offense. Positive four point six expected even. It's strength a glorious defense. thing. Glorious thing. <laughs> he's he's got to pick up Tavares' slack somehow, right? Well, no, I feel I like we've gotten more of the – usually we have, like, the – you know, we've talked about this numerous times. as the Phil Kessel, Patrick Kane, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov. Zegers. Zegers player type. That's all offense, no defense, McDavid, Dreisaitl. Every year you have players um, who do – are. this is how they play hockey. And they you can watch them. Speaking of uh, watching hockey, we kind of – we didn't even – we gloss over the fact that we promised we would do scouting this week, and then we didn't. Oh, we'll, I know. We'll get we'll to it next week. But we're anyway, gonna, yeah. we were going to have a, a place where it was going to – it just didn't come together with schedules of the Wild and the Bruins playing at different times. and 
Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna try to do it this week. Yeah, but anyway, we and we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. But um, this year I feel like there's more of the players who are the inverse of that, which you usually don't see very often because historically, teams and coaches and GMs don't really value players who like literally are bad. I mean, they're just you watch them and they're not good offensively, but they provide defensive value. And I think there are more players this season that are having like weird inverse like Ovechkin years where they just like have no. Um, you know, no offense, no all offense, defense. all defense, and they kind of just like it's like the you know a, a you know glove but yeah. uh, hand thing. Well, here let's move uh, on to the, the <laughs> we've talked about McCann enough. Let's move on for so for the Norris. The Norris is actually really close based on our metrics. Um, so there's kind of more. There's like two or three players per tier here, but right now we have basically Eric Carlson and Rasmus Dahlin like tied. Um, either one probably Carlson would get the. He's a little higher, but basically Dolene and Carlson. And then the next year would be Adam Fox and Spurgeon. And then the next year would be Dunn, uh, Hampus Lindholm, <laughs> and Yossi. Uh, you know, so again, we were just a year early on the Vince Dunn call. Uh, <laughs> his, 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 his results from the playing the third pair on the Blues are uh, finally translating <laughs> yeah, finally. when on the Kraken. Well, because um, we, no, we were high on Dunn. And then he went to the Kraken, and he was not his very... first year with the Kraken. He had a down year. Yeah, but he um, he was really good with St. Louis. He was really good with the Blues. Yeah, and everybody would say, "Oh, well, he's playing third third pair minutes. He's getting a third pair role. Clearly, shouldn't be in consideration for like you know these type of you know good defensemen." Now, whatever. I will say that almost all of his value this season, not all of it, but a lot of it, is a spike in his shooting this season, which you know. It it is what it is, but he's it's been Darnell Nurse season, huh? Uh, not it's quite, like not quite, <laughs> not quite the Brent Burns, Morgan Riley, Darnell. It Nurse. was really, it was really to that point earlier, and then he's cooled off. Like at yeah. one point, he was shooting like thirteen and a half percent, like a fair deal into the season, like yeah. in January. Yeah, I mean, I off. feel like I feel like there's like some way in other sports that I would I would read about how they would kind of adjust. Like I, I've heard, well, I know basketball, I think has like a luck adjusted like wrap them or something. I haven't actually read into those type of things, but like, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Cause I think like, but also it's like, I think that kind of having this, like being aware that of where the value is coming from kind of like, that's kind of what the sub models on the X car is kind of really useful for. I think if people don't know, if you're on the X car tab, one of the, uh, what is it? What it's is under it? column select, column select. It'll either show you the compiled, um, models like just the sums per each strength state and offense and defense, or if you do sub models, it'll show you where the value is coming from, from like the even strength rates, quality shooting, or power play rates, quality or shooting, or shorthanded, whatever. Um, and so it's kind of interesting because it gives users, I think, because we don't currently haven't developed a good way to kind of, <laughs> um, I guess account quote unquote for like how much is this should be attributed to this player kind of thing. Um, I mean, yet yeah, I'm sure that like, you know, there's smarter people out there who would have a uh, suggestions or whatever, but, um, yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. Vince Dunn. I think it's really funny. Um, we've talked about this many times how like Jared Spurgeon is just like, he's straight line. Good. Like <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> what's happening. It's just like, it's like Bergeron winning the Selkie every year. It's like, that's, it's like a almost sure bet that Bergeron is going to be good defensively. He always has been. Spurgeon has been like as consistent as any defenseman in the league since he's been in the league. Um, and it's, yeah. But anyway. Spur did Spurgeon ever have a bad season? I don't think he's ever had a bad season. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not. No, he has never been. I guess I'm on the X-Guard, but I, 
looking at it because when you when you go to sub models, it converts it to above average, which is just a slightly different. Um, uh, it, it I don't know. It's a we won't get into it. I could we talk about it forever, but he's never been below average uh, in any year. Um, Has he had any component below average? Uh, um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, hold on, my screen's dirty. So in eleven twelve, <laughs> he had. I think. Wait, really? Is this? Those are the eleven twelve. The the eleven twelve season. Spurgeon was negative in rates and shooting, but was positive in. Oh, quality. I was saying any of the com- the the actual compiled like even strength offense, even strength defense, not the rates. Yeah, or no. Quality. So yeah, I guess um, draw maybe. Yeah, I mean, if you break, to, so his penalties have never been below average, but his he always he basically has been more valuable at taking um, than drawing. Also, never taking penalties. Yeah, yes. So he had a couple. He's had a couple seasons where he was negative in drawing, um, but if you actually just look at the combined, like just quality rates, shooting penalties, oh, there's only one season where. No, that's not true. He's had. In, okay, that, yeah. 11 okay. 12, he was negative in rates and shooting. And then in 13 14, he was slightly negative in shooting. But every other season from 10 11 on, he's been positive, like every year. And it's been straight line, consistent, the same. And it's so Spurgeon, I think the one thing that's interesting looking at the awards um, is at least for like the Hart and and Norris and Calder is how kind of going back to what we talked in the first part about how goal scoring is so high this year is that a lot of these players are just players who have scored a lot of goals who are shooting. I think hot, the number of players who are their value is coming from shooting this season. My hunch is that it's much higher than it usually is based on our stuff. And Spurgeon is one of the few, I think players that is not actually like shooting out of his mind this season. He's just doing everything else really, really, really well, which is why he's kind of in our top, but I don't know. I guess we can keep going. Uh, yeah. On the awards. I think it's like, also, I think Yossi is kind of an interesting one. Cause he had a pretty, you know, really slow start if I remember correctly. And he's just really turned it on um, towards the end. Also Hampus Lindholm, you know, shout out to the Bruins again. Um, but <laughs> oh, yeah. Yossi is not shooting that crazy this year. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, but it's like Carlson and Darlene, obviously, and Dunn. Like, you know, I mean, that's, you know, what are you going to do? But from the narratives, I think it's McDavid for Hart. I think Carlson is probably, although I could see maybe a bit I of. I could see a push for Darlene potentially. Yeah. Although I know that they're pretty well out of the or playoffs. Or Fox. Fox also I could has... also see Adam Fox. Adam Fox is another player like Spurgeon where it's just, it's like almost you can just bet that he's going to be one of the best defensemen in the league every season. It just seems like that's what it's shaping up to be yeah. with Adam Fox. Like every single year for the last three years, it's been like, oh yeah, there's Fox. He's been in the top five for yeah. the whole time. Um, but yeah, so Calder is actually kind of interesting. Like we have a, like a couple um, Buffalo uh, Sabres players here, but Jack Quinn... Uh, yes, has had a very strong season. So we have we have Quinn, Jack Quinn, and Matty Beniers tied uh, at the with the top. They're basically tied in like our like kind of ratings for for this. And then uh, got to put Stuart Skinner number two. I think Stuart Skinner has a very good uh, uh, you know case for being in the Calder dis- discussion. Um, I think the Oilers. If you look, I think currently Jack Campbell has the lowest gar of any goalie in the league. <laughs> um, which is, I don't know, it, it's just kind of funny. Uh, well, actually, sorry, Oilers fans. It's not funny. It's just um, hearing the Leafs fans kind of talk about Campbell and then, like, him signing with the Oilers, it just and then it turning out this way is... But, I mean, you see that with, like, certain players. Uh, I don't know why I'm talking about Campbell, but it's interesting with goalies. Like, I think it reminds me of Grubauer, right? Grubauer going to a brand-new team. He had been very good or really solid with 
what, three different teams before he went to the Kraken with the Avalanche and the Capitals, right? And then... Yeah, two, two different teams. Two, two, okay. But, like, a lot of the time, people are like, oh, well, you're not accounting for the team and whatever. But it's like, you know, sometimes goalies just go to a new team and they just need, like, I don't know, there's just some type of system or goalie coach change and they're just way out of their comfort zone. And that's been, I guess, kind of Jack Campbell this season. So Seward Skinner has been really solid for the Oilers. And then we have, uh, the Columbus players, uh, with uh, Shane Pinto in the middle, Kent Johnson and, uh, Oh, what Marchenko? Marchenko. Who, what's his first name? I can't remember. I didn't say that. Real. Yeah. Kirill. Yeah. Kirill Marchenko. And that is what was, that was, has he gotten an assist yet? Marchenko wasn't yes, he? So. He yeah. did. Yes. <laughs> he had like what twenty goals and no assists. Wasn't that what like it was or something like that? But anyway, yeah. the The rookies for for Columbus are probably the only bright spot on that team. Uh, yeah. So that's our Calder, and then Vesna. I don't know, Sean, if you have any anything you're gonna just you're, you're gonna campaign for Beneers here. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I literally well, have I think, a shirt that says Maddie for Calder. I think Beneers <laughs> is kind of a lock, right? I, like Beneers is yeah. kind of a lock based on the, the narratives. I think what I was saying before, McDavid, now we have Carlson, I think is kind of probably the Norris winner, but again, I'm not entirely sure. And then I think but Beneers is like I don't think I've heard anyone talking about Jack uh about Jack Quinn, Quinn or Stuart Skinner. Or Stuart Skinner outside of Buffalo people and, and Quinn, Oilers I, fans. And Oilers yeah. fans. But, like, not even Oilers fans. I mean, it's really just Buffalo people talking about Quinn because a lot of Buffalo are like, this guy, this kid's good. But Beneers is, like, the clear, like, I don't yeah. think there's any. And was he the number one when we talked before the season in terms of odds I for I think Calder? it was. Was it Beneers? I was trying to remember. I think it was Power, no? Was it no, Power? No. See, I, I think know. that we were talking about Power as a potential. I thought Beneers was number was one in the odds, like the betting odds for Calder. We'll have you to go to his power. I don't know. Canadian bias. Wasn't it Mc- Canadians McTav- do this stuff? Was McTavish <laughs> too? It was power. Wasn't it McTavish? It was absolutely power. And McTavish, yeah. McTavish was. Up he's there. had an unfortunate he, season. Well, he's in I, time too. We'll have to go review the yeah. tape because I have I have a memory of Beneers being like the top, but maybe he had to be up there. But it was definitely power. Yeah. Easily power. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, yeah Beneers uh, and Jack Quinn's. I think Jack Quinn's surprising. So Vesna. Um, I think Olmark is the narrative is kind of locked, right? And we talked like we talked about of, this a little bit before. Earlier, but anyway, but, but uh, uh, Sorokin we currently have is would be the the our pick for the Vesna, uh, you know, uh, and then uh, Saros and Olmark in the second tier, and then uh, Philip Gustafson and uh, and uh, Hellebuck uh, yeah. in the in the third tier. And I don't I don't know outside of Minnesota if we've heard anybody talking about Philip Gustafson seasons this year. Because it's kind of insane. He kind of got lit up by the the Coyotes last yeah. night, uh, which is kind of funny. I didn't but... actually go look. What was his goal save about expected last night? I, I don't know. To, I, I meant to go look. I meant to check it. I didn't. Let me check, check the but... Let me check the logs. Yeah, check the game logs on EvolvingHockey.com for the uh, goalies. Also, I apologize if you hear a dog barking. We are uh, dashes. We had to. He was getting a little too rambunctious. We had to put him in his uh, his kennel, um, and he hears us talking down here. Yeah, and he just he. It's not a pun. He really likes his kennel normally. He, he does. When, yeah. Sometimes uh, yeah, we can't, so he had I can't almost, monitor him while we're doing yeah, this. So. He had a negative 2.7 goals above goal save above expected last night. Gustafson has only had let me see can't you sort that? Oh yeah. Why am I why did I, yeah, Why I did you not just sort it? I made that table sortable. So he's had a couple, let's see. Uh he's had like 9 games out okay. of his 32 or uh no, out of his 31. So about a third of his games have been he's had a, a below um, a negative goal save above expected, but he's had twenty games where he's been 
uh, fantastic for the Wild. Anyway, um, so yeah, the Wild currently are significantly injured, uh, or that well, they're missing Kaprizov obviously, but they've been missing Brodeen for a bit, and I think that it's kind of like they're still winning now. Granted, they've been playing not the greatest teams, um, and they just lost the Coyotes. But <laughs> they just lost the Coyotes in in a uh, what sh- overtime. They lose uh, yeah. sh- overtime. It was overtime, uh, which was yeah. not the not a great goaltending performance. But I think that I still haven't heard enough about Gustafson's season. Now, granted, I've heard from some Senators. I, yeah, fans. Senators fans <laughs> have been responding about how they're mad that that the uh, that the Senators traded him. But which we, I have to say, I think we like that trade back. Do we have some proof? Do we have yeah. some? I think we like that trade. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's our Vesna. Luke Scott, yeah, we're we're gonna look past the fact that I really liked f- the Flyers bringing on Chuck Fletcher back in 2018 and have a very <laughs> glaring tweet about how I said he I think he's gonna be great in Philadelphia. We're gonna ignore that tweet. And we're gonna just talk about how I said it. And the thing with Gustafson, I didn't like the trade because I thought Gustafson was going to be anything special. I liked it because Talbot's like 35 and Gustafson is like 10 years younger and you're lo- you know you're basically like getting rid of a, a in old our, goalie. In our um in our game projection models for goalies like age is a really big thing. Um I think that there's not a whole lot of signal in the just prior any metrics that we have. So a lot of the time just young goalies who have a lot of time like or who who have been like decent. Now I have I would have to go look at at Gustafson's time with the Senators but um, I mean, it, it generally he like the model was thinking, oh, he's going to be pretty oh, good, you know, pretty okay. And once goalies get over, like, it's still really hard to project old goalies. Like Flurry is like a really, you know, weird one because what he's thirty nine. But the aging curves for goalies it's just, just completely it, tank. After, yeah, it's like, like on average, most goalies when they get over like thirty five just completely fall off a cliff. Um, so that there's the very rare. It's like not anything like skaters because normally. Skaters, they they just completely drop out of the league. Like there's no results when you get over like 40, except for like Chara and Yager and you know. But um, goalies, they still a lot of teams still play goalies when they get over like 34, 35, and they just generally, based on the modeling, they just completely fall off normally. So anyway, um, yeah. So that's the Vesna um, Selkie, everyone's favorite, the most important. Um, we have Bergeron number one, which I think is pretty much a, entirely 100 percent happening. And then second, <laughs> Noah Cates, who we mentioned for the Flyers. I I had heard this name before. I don't think I've ever noticed watching this player play. Um, and yeah, they probably are a third liner. I'm assuming. I'm gonna guess if I had to have a might had be to guess. might be fourth line, maybe fourth or thir- third or fourth line. Wait, you never heard? Of, he's from Stillwater. Yeah, yeah he's Minnesota. from Stillwater. Oh, he's Minnesotan. He's Minnesotan. I yeah yeah you know I there's this a lot is, of Minnesota he's, hockey he's players also, I can't know them all. I, I believe he's averaged thirteen point two minutes a game that's yeah. not like oh okay I believe he's too, a rookie I think he's a rookie this season too I could he's be wrong essentially no. a rookie yeah he Sorry. played sixteen he okay, played yeah. sixteen games last year yeah yeah so, so I think he still qualifies yeah so Noah Dickinson or Noah Noah Dick Jason Dickinson <laughs> is the next and then Mark Stone and Jordan Stahl so I think Cates and Dickinson are kind of interesting Dickinson's on the Stars right am I uh, is, that, is that correct? Yes, right? Uh, let me just make sure I got Jay Dickinson. Yes. These are, you know, he was on Vancouver, right? And then he got traded. Was it last year? Or oh, wait, no. No, he's on the Blackhawks. Jason Dickinson's on Chicago now. Wait, what? what? He's 27. He has played. He played. Oh, he was yeah. Stars, then Canucks, then Blackhawks. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, kind of an interesting um, 
pick. Let me let me take a look at this because yeah, these are some interesting players we got. Well, the Selkie's always the most fun list. The, yeah, the Selkie is always the most fun. Although this year it's boring because there's it's just birds just running. Birds running. Well, that was last year too. Last year was probably the most normal. Yeah, um, it's actually yeah, been a I mean, couple years now that we've had. Dickinson really has normal. been like fine defensively. Like he had a really good year in with the Stars in 2021. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's kind of like, he's a fine player, like, you know, um, <laughs> positive penalties, but yeah, just generally pretty. I mean, he, you know, he's a good depth player, like fine depth player, um, you know, better than a lot of players that you would play Any, anyway. Uh, yeah. So I think Mark Stone and Jordan Stahl are pretty, you know, standard. It'd be cool to see Mark Stone get some votes. Um, that was back in the day. Everybody wanted Stone to be the, one of the first wingers actually Hosa won the selfie. How, but. how many selkie awards has bergeron won at this point is it's it like five? five it's five like five okay yeah so this will be six and this is the the last season you think he's coming back next season yeah yeah okay. he'll probably come back because wasn't the whole thing like he's not this is his last season it's the you know they're gonna make a documentary about this bruins team and you know i don't know if they are i mean <laughs> obviously we have a big article coming out soon and i've been writing about him and whatever but um We've we've played our role. I think we've talked about the Bruins quite a bit here. Yes. Okay. We'll, I don't we'll know. I don't know if it's quite last dance, but yeah. But anyway, the so that's the Selkie. I'm kind of thinking it's going to be Bergeron. Let's see. What are they going to just throw Barkov in there for? Because they always yeah, do. Yeah. Barkov will get. Uh, I bet. I wonder if O'Reilly gets a vote because yeah, he's on the Leafs now. Yeah. And I could see uh, Ericsson getting the, getting one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do think Ericsson just because yeah. I don't think that he's anywhere close. I think actually Kaprizov has been the best defensive forward on the Wild. I think if I, which is kind of weird. Uh, just because that's not well. What, so usually it's Felino, but he's been yes. pretty hurt this season. Yeah. He's been Felino's had a pretty off year. Um, I think also it depends on like usage, but yeah. Kaprizov, and it was interesting because I was listening to the Wild broadcast, and they were talking about how, like, how the Wild were going to miss De- Kaprizov's defensive like play. And I was like, really? Like, that's the way they're talking about Kaprizov? Because if you watch Kaprizov, like, it's funny. The Wild without Kaprizov is like, oh, I don't know if I've seen a team that was as, like, obviously you have Spurgeon and Gustafson, and like they have a couple other like Zuccarello and Boldy and, and, and Erickson have been good. But I think when you just watching a team, I can't remember having watched a team that was so focused around like one player only like and when that player is on the ice the entire team looks different than when they're not on the ice um because, i mean like, that's like mcdavid yeah though. but edmonton has has dry saddle and mcdavid yeah. like the leafs have matthews and marner and you know like and, and I, i'm and trying Tavares. to like even like the like some of the really like i guess maybe crosby although like malkin and, and Latang were also yeah. kind of like in their prime Blackhawks were like Taves and Kane, right? In their prime, Lightning were Stamkos and Kucherov, and Point like, and Hedman. Yeah, like, like I the Wild have. I can't remember. Is a good point. I can't remember a team like this Minnesota Wild team this season that one player looked so much better and so more commanding than. I don't with, know. Zuccarello with, looks really good too, yeah, and like I, yeah. Boldy and Erickson. I mean, Erickson X more of like kind of a grinder, like, but he's just. But anyway. Yeah, so here, I'll just get to the last one. Everybody's favorite, the Lady Bing. Uh, yeah, so we have Devontae's, Kopitar, Point, Spurgeon, and Slavin. They're basically all tied. Pick yeah. one. Pick one. Um, you know, probably Taves would be my pick just because he's... Hasn't Slavin? Isn't Slavin like Slavin the... is like a perennial winning the Lady Bing. Yeah. Like, because he never takes any penalties. Isn't Connor also... Wasn't he kind of in... Or no? Am no, I... I mean, like, 
I think, hold on, let me, I was kind of curious here. I wanted to look at who is the overall penalties. Matthews won two years ago, didn't he? <coughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, Matthews doesn't take a ton of, right? I and know. I guess we didn't do Jack Adams, but I'm assuming it's we, Have you looked at that, bro? Like, what? which team is most overperforming oh. their... Um, oh, it's funny that you should ask that. I have it right here. Uh, no. <laughs> here, let me show here. The, the player, well, you can probably guess the player that has added the most, uh, the most value from drawing and not uh, from drawing penalties and not taking penalties mcdavid yes yeah. is it Pedersen after that no you're kind of close yeah i, I Pedersen's lost some time i think because of injuries although that's the not really like, no he hasn't are you really. talking this season yeah this season oh okay i thought you were talking like the last like, oh, these are kind of some interesting players up here these are yeah the uh know. it's it's uh you maybe it's a similar player to Pedersen, i would say um point uh, uh no, I'm trying to think similar to Pedersen, like in which way similar? Uh, Just like age. Hughes, yes. Okay, Jack yeah. Hughes is second in, um, and then it's Troy Terry, Nico Heischer, and then Pedersen. Yeah. Um. Which so, makes sense. and then Beniers, <laughs> and then Pavelski, which is really interesting, um, because generally. Skinner. And then, uh, yep, the just, new Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah. I will say we did after we talked about it. We did watch that. Uh, between what was it called? Between between the stalls. Be- between two stalls. Yeah, which you've was seen between the stalls. You've seen between the ferns, right? Between, between two, two ferns, ferns, right? That's you know what that's playing on. Okay, so it is two stalls, right? Yeah, yeah. but you know that's okay, the okay. the reference. Yes. Is, yeah. Yes, okay. It's okay. The whole thing. And I know. It's terrific. It is. And yeah. Jeff's good. He it's was so funny. He he's, is very funny. That's like one of the funniest things I've I like he was so committed to the bit. Normally you have players who are like I don't know. I just Jeff Skinner seems like just like a really funny guy. Like uh but yes. Um anyway, back to Jack Adams. I think based on just teams overperforming, I think it's pretty clear that Boston is Yeah. It's you know, yeah, it's probably going to be uh god i don't even i just think bruce cassidy who is their coach this year why do i not know their coach monty Jim Montgomery. Oh, okay yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right so i wouldn't be surprised i guess after that you could potentially look at um the devils or the kraken those are, so look in terms of this so uh, we've talked about this before but the teams that are most overperforming their preseason projections based on like the public models so what the public models how many models is that i think it's like 12 or 13 so it was like a collection of public models that released did you include websant uh no, I did not. Uh, I don't know if, if they even were did anything this year. Uh, I don't know, but um, the we don't uh, need to go there. <laughs> we don't need to go there. Uh, but Boston and Boston is by far outperforming, but New Jersey is is close. So Boston currently is about t- uh twenty four and a half points above what their preseason projections were, and the Devils are twenty one point seven, so about twenty two. And then after that, it kind of falls down, and you have Carolina. Um, Seattle, Dallas, LA uh, are there, and I guess the worst, most underperforming. Sutter. Oh, <laughs> gotta uh, be the Flames, right? No, it's not the Flames. It's Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. But then it's St. Louis. Yeah, and then Anaheim, San Jose, Vancouver, and Calgary. Um, yeah, those are the most underperforming teams uh, compared to what models thought heading into this season. So I think Columbus is obvious. Like makes perfect sense. Um, it's kind of interesting to look at the 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 team that is the closest to the preseason projections the right now, not the Wild because they was gotten, the Wild. It was the Wild for a bit, but they've been on a they. What do we think, Montreal? Not Montreal, although they're close. You're you're in the vicinity. There's the Capitals. Two, 
Uh, not the Capitals. They're underperforming. Well, Ottawa then. Ottawa. Ottawa is the closest to Montreal. Ottawa is very close. They're point is there anyone? Three, they're point three points below their where they the models thought they would be right now. This yeah. is like point pace. Yeah, point up pace. to the like yeah. how many games they've played. The the teams that are more or less the right on pace are the Lightning and the Islanders. Okay. Um, the Islanders. The are, Islanders. They every all the models used yeah. to be biased against the Islanders. The Islanders they, are point one. Uh, above the models they, have adjusted yeah and then the lightning are point one below so those are the closest to what the models thought had like on average like aggregate of the models heading into the season so um but It'd yeah be really funny if like what Haxtell, he's still the yeah. coach of the kraken right i don't know why i just don't pay yes. attention to coaches for some reason i well, just am the not thing is, they are all the same <laughs> they haven't changed in 20 years i'm convinced of this that they're ever like so Dean I just, Evison's new, kind of. Yeah, yes, yes, he is. He wasn't an NHL coach before this. He was who, not. Who but, are other NHL coaches right now who were not previously employed in as front? Well, Brindamore, right? Or San Louis. Yeah, San yeah, Louis. Say, okay, okay. No, uh, I, 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 uh, Bednar, right? He wasn't. Bednar was not, no. But he's been in the NHL. You can't consider that. Oh, like, sorry. I thought you said just like coaches who are still on their first like coaching job. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Although yeah. I can't quite remember all of them. Anyway, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah so, but anyway, so yeah, it would be the awards are pretty much. I I think that the, from a narrative standpoint, they're pretty much locked yeah, in. They're going to be locked. I in I could now. see a little bit. of I think the Norris is the one because I think Carlson yeah. is kind of everything he was doing was all his shooting, and you have Fox in point um, specifically with like them being on uh, on playoff teams. I could see from a narrative standpoint, like you know, I also think there's some room for Darlene, Although I don't think with the Sabers kind of out of a playoff. Picture, although there's still a chance for Buffalo. It'll right? probably go like Carlson, Fox, and maybe Hampus Lindholm. Yeah, potentially. Um, I think yeah. Boston's going to have awards in, like, they're going to have representation in, like, all of the awards. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Sabres are looking at a, uh, based on our projections, they have a 7% chance to make the playoffs right now. So it's, yeah, in the playoff race, we should probably just be done here. Yeah, we I don't want to get into the playoff stuff, but um, the, it's, it's shaping up to be a lot. Like you know, there's there aren't a lot of questions. Well, we didn't even talk about the Flames. We just didn't completely falling off. It's right now the Flames, Jets, and Predators are kind of the last three teams for the remaining spot in the West. Um, the Jets have the highest uh, currently at sixty seven percent, and I suppose there's still a chance the Predators and Flames are kind of in the mix, but not really. I wouldn't be surprised if the Flames make a late push, and the Jets have been kind of weird. But where are the Flames at right now? Thirty. 35%, yeah. and then the Predators are at 16%. I think them losing... What was the game they lost to? They lost a really big game. I think they dropped about... Well, the Jets, like I said, and I'll mention this again, is that you can see a team with a 35% if they win or lose and combined yeah. with other players. Like I think that there was like a 15% swing for the Jets one time, and then it yeah. went one way and back the other. Like Same thing with kind of the Islanders, too, but... But yeah, and then um, anyway, I guess just should... the final point: the East is it's basically between the Islanders and the Panthers for the final spot in the East. So those are kind of like based on our projections. the The Panthers have a fifty six percent give or take chance, and the Islanders are at like thirty percent, thirty six percent. So that'll be kind of the thing to watch. But yeah, we need to be done because we've yes. rambled way too long yeah. here. And also, our dog is barking at us and wants to get out yes. of the kennel. <laughs> I, I apologize, Dash. He was being very rambunctious and we just couldn't handle you know he, that, jack so. anyone who's ever been you know owned or, or had a jack russell before knows that they're very uh they're they're too smart like it's you know it's it's they're it be a little annoying yeah they are a little too mischievous <laughs> but he's a lover anyway yes, he's let's, let's 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 wrap this up yeah sean take yeah, us out of here we'll wrap it up we'll be back next week after uh selection sunday 
if you're a college hockey fan. I'm going to the Hockey East uh, Championships this weekend. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have anything in Minnesota. I know, uh, actually, it's you're asking the wrong the people. Women's Frozen Four this weekend. In I'm Duluth. sorry. I, I don't know. You guys it, are going up. Any of the junior <laughs> stuff. Um, we'll see y'all next week for another exciting discussion. All right, thanks, John. Oh, yeah. episode sixty nine. Hey, that's it. Too. That's another we tidbit. made it. We made it right at the end. If you stuck around, Con- you're in for a treat. Congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Take it easy, Sean. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much. Sean. We'll see you next week.